Hey, dude, we're live. Wake up. And we're live. Yes, time to wake up. Wake Good up. Morning. You know why? It's Thursday morning. That's why you need to wake up. It is Thursday morning for our listeners. It is Wednesday night for us. It is actually 9.50 p.m. We have a little bit later recording session tonight. Uh, 11-15-2023, episode 12. The one mostly about college sports is the title of this one. Really like that title because it's very true for today's pod. Um, if you haven't tuned in yet, make sure to tune into the first 11 episodes, which is crazy. We're already in double digits. Um, it's insane. It's flying by. But hopefully y'all are enjoying you know, what we're talking about so far. If this is your first time listening, uh, this is my brother, co-host, brother from another mother, Tyler Hess, um, a.k.a. the Hess Master, the Hessinator, the Peyton Manning look-alike. Chuck T. I'm just trying to give them some names. Yeah, and I myself am Tyler Castle, and this is Tyler's Talking Sports. What we do here is we talk about sports, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, if you've liked everything that you've heard so far, uh, make sure to yep. give us a follow on all social media. We're on all major streaming platforms, uh, Spotify, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, any of the major uh, social medias we're on it, you can find us there. Um, you can also shoot us an email if you have any questions or have any inquiries about stuff you know that we should talk about throughout the week. Um, you know, make sure to uh, to send them our way. I agree, man. Yes, absolutely. Good intro, man. Way to way to get to way to captivate the fans out there that are listening to episode twelve. Captivate. Uh, I like you got them. I like that. That was, that was great, man. Way to just grab them and just pull them in. I like Yank that. them in. I like yeah. that. Do we have any sponsors? Have they have they left us? That we, st- we oh no no, no we're no, still sponsored. No we're more fun. No, no more funding. What happened? <clears throat> no, we still got funding. Um, oh. actually, the shout out today goes to none other than Next Level Fitness Club here in Lebanon, Virginia, eighteen oh six East Main Street, Lebanon, Virginia two four two six six. I am talking about Next Level Fitness Club, um, which is a twenty four seven gym facility here in Lebanon, Virginia. They offer certified personal training, 24-7 gym access to free weights, cardio. Uh, they have certified uh, classes. They have different class schedules um, and, and 24-7 tanning as well. Uh, make sure you reach out to those guys um, at, again, 1806 East Main Street, Lebanon, Virginia, 24266. They are also on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Next Level Fitness Club, Lebanon, Virginia. Um, also, too, you can check them out on the website at www.nextlevelfitnessclub 276 dot com those hey, guys would really appreciate it that was good they would they really appreciate that they and do, do fun lot. fact they just got new equipment today so shout out to those guys for working hard <laughs> and shout out to their members for you know helping them make it possible hey you so, know what i also like about them they had a uh, one member i can't remember the name uh did a 5k shouted him out he was wearing yeah. nice little fitness stuff chris they, taylor they, yeah they it's crazy how i remember that name you know yeah. but yeah that's in case y'all members. didn't in case y'all didn't know Todd Castle is the owner of Next Level Fitness, so that's Co. 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 Him and uh, Jordan Smith are uh, owners of that, and uh, that's that's why they are our continuous sponsor. So just want to get that out there because I think a lot of people knew but didn't know. So now you know. Now you know before you know. The more you know. Congratulations. Reading Rainbow. All right, man. Let's jump into episode twelve. Holy crap! My notes went to episode six. Let's not do those Ooh. again. Uh, episode twelve. Big headlines, we got some headlines that came into sports today, but actually the headlines are going to flow with the episode, so I'm not, going to, I'm not really going to announce anything right off the rip. I got something I want to announce, because I know for yes. a fact you don't have this in your notes. You don't know. Guarantee it. You want to put five on it? Go ahead. Do it. Let's go ahead. This song? You want to put five on it? Do it. Five? Hey, I'll, buy, I'll buy you something at the Vols game. 
Bet. Buy you, I'll buy you a drink or something. Bet. Bet. Can't wait to have that Gatorade. Thank you. Yeah, Gatorade. Manchester City hits top spot with record profits. Manchester City reported today that they have had record profits, its highest that ever has. revenue in franchise history. Well, that's good. And they are recognized as the most valuable soccer brand in the world. Ah, that so is MLS. Premier- yeah, that is Premier League soccer with Man City. Uh, in case all you soccer people out there, it's Premier League. Uh, Man City is one of the most historic uh, soccer programs or organizations, I should say, in the entire world. Uh, produced a lot of talent. So, yeah, that, that's awesome. Wow. Okay. Can't wait look to at, add that five bucks. Thank you. Look at them making that money. I had to actually, in the very bottom, it's at the ending credits. Oh, I bet. It was. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. Well, all right. Let's jump right into it, man. This is the one talking about college sports, and I kind we kind of – I personally, uh, Castle agreed with me. I want to change it up a little bit. I feel like we've been doing these episodes and we've been, we are Tyler's talking sports, but this one's always closer to college football. And college sports are really ramping up right now. We got college basketball going on. College football's in its like prime right now. Like we're really hitting the big time of the games. Uh, So I want to kind of make the Thursday one more focused toward the college football, college sports side of things. And then Sunday be a over an overall type podcast about all the sports that we cover. Not saying that we're not going to say stuff about Major League Baseball in this one. We will talk NFL. We will talk NBA. But the central focus of the Thursday podcast, if this one goes well, will be centered around college sports if it all continues to go well. So you all reach out to us. If you all don't like that, you want us to go back to the kind of what we've been doing, let us know. We will we're very, We will oblige the fans. We will do what you all want us to do. And, oblige. Uh, wow. Yeah. Why you feel like you think I'm stupid? I mean, no, you, I'm, I'm just. I mean, you're that's two times. That's two times I've used words. Here. I, wow, that's a good word. Wow, I just, I just haven't really heard you ever say that. So I, I, that's all. Oh, I've oh. been around you my whole life. So <laughs> just you know, all just right. checking in on you there. I'm sorry, Whoa. but yeah, folks, it's it's trial and error, as Hess is saying. So you know, yeah. just let us know. I mean, this is a learning process for us, and you know, a listening process for you also. Let us know what you like to listen to. And again, guys, I do appreciate even Castle does too. The people who's rich out. And said, "Hey, talk about this subject. Ask us, uh, do this, do Absolutely. that." And we're trying to just accommodate you guys with that. And uh, with the first topic of the week, we're going to go into college football week twelve. I lost my voice there for a second. Sorry. And uh, big thing I want to talk about here, which we talked about in the past episodes. If this is the first episode you've listened to, JMU football program is in a two-year transition period, and. Today, their appeal got heard by the board, and it actually got denied with Jacksonville State and one more school. The other one's actually in their fourth year. They're still trying to get eligible. But, Jamie, you got denied. So, which that being said, they are on path to be the highest-ranked mid-major type school, which could put them in a New Year's Six Bowl. And now they won't get that opportunity. They can't be ranked in the playoff rankings. They can't even compete in their conference title championship game even though they are undefeated throughout the year. And me and Castle both are complete – just hate this. This is – we're big fans of JMU. We've been pushing. Hopefully they'd be getting eligible, and now they have no shot at being eligible. They can make a bowl game, however, if there's not enough six and six schools except a bowl bid, but that would tell them in like some kind of crappy bowl, and it wouldn't be the bowl that they actually deserve. 
Yeah, it's it's really not fair to these players. I, I saw the actually the uh, denial came out probably at like six thirty this evening, mm-hmm. seven o'clock somewhere right there. So yeah. when it's actually doing my notes, I noticed that there wasn't an update, and they appealed on the seventh of November. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it said it could take up to thirty days before they had an answer. So they responded within a week. Uh, definitely hate it for JMU. It's very feels very unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I mean, game days there this week too. Yeah, they're ten and zero. The fan base is right behind that team. You know, we're going to go over them in today's pod as well. Um, but yeah, it just it just feels like a like a slap in the face to the fan base, and not only the fan base, the, the players who are putting everything out there each week, um, day in and day out. So it's just it's it just feels unfair. Um, now, if JMU was terrible this year, wouldn't even be having this conversation. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that was part not. of their that was part of their argument in the letter. Like uh, Georgia's AD and Georgia's president was in it too, and they all stated that uh, JMU is a different case. They're ranked in the AP poll. I think they're up to like 18th in the 18th, AP poll. Yep. They're undefeated. They're winning their conference. They're not only like winning conference games, they're dominating conference opponents. And they have only lost three games to Power 5 conferences. They're 14-3 and three against Power 5 conferences over the last six years. Yeah, so they're good. They're a good football program. And I, I feel like this just is a bad look for the NCAA because you got their basketball program, who is now ranked. After upsetting Michigan State, they got ranked this week. We're going to get into that as well, into the AP poll there. They're one of, I think, four or five uh, Division One basketball programs that are also ranked in football and ranked in uh, basketball. So, I mean, JMU is a great athletic ath- athletic uh, university. They're more than just a, a music school. And I think this is – the NCAA can sit here and suspend uh, Jim Harbaugh for three games. But, well, actually, they couldn't suspend him. They had to let the Big Ten handle it but they're going to uh, kill the student athletes at JMU. It's been busting their tail with the football program. I just, I don't agree with it at all. Yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, like I said, it feels unfair. Again, if, if JMU was four and six, you know, we wouldn't be talking about this right now, um, but they're not, they're 10 and 0. So this should have been an exception. Um, and I'm not saying, and, and probably the way the board's looking at it, you make an exception for one, you got to make an exception for all. Well, I mean, the rule is 23 years old. I mean. That's what I'm getting at. This hasn't happened, I don't think, with an undefeated team like this, you know, when they're actually transitioning. Yeah. And it wasn't bad last year. I think they had like two or three losses last year, but they didn't say nothing. And like yeah. you said, well, I don't. If you look I, at previous years, too, I mean, this JMU's been good for like since 2015. Oh, 20, yeah, they've been. Yeah. They were ranked they've in been, the top five in the, F, in the FCS for every year. So. Yeah. Yeah, they're solid. Um yeah, so I really hate it for that program, but hopefully they can use that as fuel um, and, and finish out maybe undefeated this season. Um, if anything, at least you went undefeated in the regular mm-hmm. season. You know, nothing to hold your head down about. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Well, while we're talking about one program that got shafted, let's talk about the other football program that is uh, still kind of getting scrutinized, uh, Michigan. Got any updates going on with Michigan this week? Anything happened, anything different than what we've heard? Yeah, so we find out Friday if Harbaugh can coach against Maryland. Um, again, guys, this is Wednesday night, so might find out Thursday. Probably not. Probably Friday morning or right. somewhere around there. Um, we'll probably have have a uh, post out about it if Harbaugh is actually going to be able to coach from the sidelines against Maryland. If you're unaware, um, Harbaugh actually got suspended, like Hess said, for three games by the Big Ten. Um, it's the last three games of the season. Uh, so that was last week when they played uh, Penn State, this week against Maryland, and then next week, of course, the biggest one against Ohio State. So it's very it's very crucial um, to have Harbaugh on the sidelines. Um, so that hurt. Um, the, co- the conference said in its letter announcing Harbaugh's suspension that it did not have any evidence 
that Harbaugh himself was involved with or even aware of the scheme. So if you don't have any evidence and you're suspending a coach for three games. I mean, how do you suspend him? Like, what grounds do you suspend Jim Harbaugh on that? If he has no idea what, like, there's no evidence against Jim Harbaugh, how do you sit there and say, oh, you're suspended three games? Like, that that makes no sense to me. That to, that, yeah. to me, that looks like it's the Big Ten trying to save face on that. Yeah, like, it's not. It's again, this is another, in my opinion, another unfair, biased, um, you know, committee ruling on if Harbaugh's guilty or not. If you don't have evidence, I mean, you can point the finger and say he knew and do all such stuff. But if you don't have the evidence, the whole cold hard facts, then what are you fighting? I mean, it sounds like you know they got their money in on Ohio State and there's one Ohio State to move on. So yeah, I mean. Um, I don't know. The Big Ten, I don't agree with that. Um, I don't agree with Harbaugh's comments he made this week where he said Michigan's America's team because America's rallying around him. I don't agree with that because nah. America – like I think it was Shannon Sharp or maybe it was Stephen A. I think they said America don't support cheaters. I'm not saying that they was really cheating. But, you know, uh, again, Harbaugh had, I believe, wholeheartedly – I could be wrong. It could come out and he knew everything about it. But – I don't think he had any, any wrongdoing here. I don't think he had his nose in any of this. And even if he did, from the sounds of it, it sounded like Connor Stallions was using it for self-profit, for self-motivation, and helping other teams more so than helping Michigan. So I don't yeah. get it. I think it's just put a dark cloud over Michigan. But I will say if it does come out that there's been more involvement with inside the program with it, like Harbaugh was funded. Because that was another thing. Apparently, I seen today that they said that there had been no funding come out of the football program that funded Connor Stallions. He did all this out of his own pocket. Correct. So, it's I more don't. and more pointing towards uh, you know Connor uh, versus everything so that that we've seen so far. Um, so he does feel yeah. like the weakest link in this whole scenario. And he's not uh, even there anymore. I mean, I, I exactly. He took he actually quit. Uh, he was told he was suspended with pay, but he actually got. I think he resigned yeah. last Friday or two Fridays ago. Two Fridays. Two ago. Fridays ago. He was, he he resigned that week. It all happened. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the guy's out. They're not doing it anymore. It obviously didn't change anything. They didn't win the they didn't win the national title last year. I don't know what why, why we're you know bagging on Harbaugh again. I think it's just for um, you know social media purposes uh, for these big news networks and everything just to keep this story running. Because again, this and and the JMU story until today was the biggest. Now JMU's appeal, so they can't appeal again. That was the last time they could yep. appeal. Uh, Michigan did appeal uh, this ruling on Harbaugh, um, and again they'll find out Friday if if it passes or if it didn't and i also saw where michigan said that you know this could be consequences to leave the big 10 um so yeah, i don't uh, know how uh, true that holds like know, kirby smart games, said uh, there's a you know, call uh, call the sec commissioner the the invitation's open if you want to come down and get a piece of the sec come on down uh i mean, mean imagine, imagine michigan in the acc i mean that would be a more better competition for him but i've been seeing a lot of uh We've been getting a lot of hate from some Michigan fans on some of our stuff on TikToks and stuff Love like it. that. Sounds like they kind of want a piece of the SEC. So um, if they do leave, I'd hope they come down to the SEC and come on down. Like Kirby said, open invitation. If you want a piece of it, come on down and get it. Uh, Love it. While we're talking about the SEC, good good transition here into the, the big firing happened at SEC this week. I think we both – I called it earlier, but you knew it was coming as well. Jimbo Fisher getting fired. Honestly – Good for him. Dude's making $80 million to sit at the house, you know. I mean, wow. Pro, original 10-year contract in 2021. I hope you got the, please tell me you got the breakdown of the day-to-day. I got oh, you. Yes. Uh, original 10-year contract through 2031. Fisher is owed anywhere between $75 million to $77 million. This equates, are you ready for this? Yes. 
$26,000 a day. Yes. Yes. The dude is going to go home. He's going to sleep. That's what they're worried about. They're like, how do you think Fisher ever feels? He's going to go home and sleep, making $26,000 a day. How do you think he's going to feel? And you don't have to stress over a football program. You don't have to stress over recruiting. You don't have to stress over nothing. When he sleeps and wakes up, he's ten grand richer. What, I mean, <laughs> what's wrong with that? Yeah, uh, Texas A&M Athletics Director Ross Jork. I think Bajork. It's BJ. Uh, yeah. Who cares? Uh, 25% of what Fisher is owed, $19 million, is due within 60 days. So he'll get $19 million in 60 days. And the first of several installments of about $7 million must be paid within 120 days. Um, also, fun fact for you, they still owe they still owe someone. Yep, they're still so paying now someone. they're $146 million in coaches in the past like five years. Which is the most money oh, handed it out. Blows, to it, yes. blows it out of the water. It's like a, over $100 million hey, It's difference. like they said, though. It's like everybody's saying they got that old money down there. And, uh, exactly. They're showing it. Uh, well, Texas A&M already said they don't care how much they have to pay to get the next coach. I, mean, I even read today, even though I know it, I know it's not happening, but I read today because I actually dug into it because I kind of – it looked legitimate. They were talking about Texas A&M throwing money at uh, Kirby. They said they was talking about a contract with Kirby of anywhere from 80 to $160 million Shoot. to come. Like, that's the kind of money they're talking about throwing at people. That's hard to walk away from for college football. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's you'll be the richest coach in sports, period. yeah. Which college football coaches already are. I think Saban is the most highly paid. I think Jimbo was second. Yeah, I think it was Jimbo. Then Kirby sitting there at third, I think. But anyway. Still. While we're talking about A&M, I know there's yeah. a lot of big names there. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit in the last episode. I know Dan Landing said this week, even though he said he's, he's in Oregon, he didn't really say he wouldn't look into it. I mean, if it, depending on how much money they're throwing, they're mo- Oregon's moving to the Big Ten. I could see it, but he said he wouldn't go anywhere prime. They talked about Dion. They've linked him to it. He lost a recruit this week because that five-star was the number one wide receiver in 2024. He lost him because he said he didn't think Dion Sanders would be there when he decided to commit, which would be next year. So wow. I, don't, I don't know what's going on there. But Dion said he's in Colorado. He's in Boulder. He ain't going anywhere. I don't see Dion leaving. Uh, Lane Kiffin. That's that's That was going to be my – if we talked about, like, who we think potentially yeah. – Lane Kiffin could very well sneak into that role. I just don't really see Lane. I don't see them paying. This. I don't see them paying him though that that amount of money because he hasn't proven it yet. Everybody loves Lane though. I mean, he got oh, that. I like Lane. I mean, even though you know he left Tennessee, who <coughs> does? But well, that was, he was right Lane. for him. That was, that was yeah. very immature, Lane Kiffin. He probably still do it today, but um, I mean, I can't blame the guy. Too. I mean, he went to USC and you know did terrible there. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't pay. I don't think you can pay somebody like that. If you're going to pay somebody the amount of money you're talking about, you're going after Nick Saban, Kirby. I mean, these proven. I've seen uh, Dan coaches. Campbell linked to it. The Lions head coach. I've seen him linked to it, which wow. I don't see him leaving that that organization, leaving the Lions, go back to go to college football. But he is a Texas yeah. Texas native. I mean, money talks. But I, I'm I still know. I'm still hanging on though to Mike Elko. I think Duke. He was the defensive coordinator for three years under Jimbo there. They had a top 10 defense while he was there. He's turned Duke's program around this year. It was a huge year for them. Injuries killed him down a stretch. A&M could offer him any kind of money. It's going to be way more than what Duke's able to offer him there. So, I think Mike Gogo is the perfect hire for them. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if they're throwing out that much money, I don't know who. They may get somebody we don't even, they don't even think about. So, Dan Lanham. I still, that's the number one pick for me. Um, I'm put I put Lane Kiffin second or third. He's right there at the top. 
Easily. Easily. I don't know. Whoever's going to get it is going to get paid, so congrats. Yep. And they got everything. They got all the resources. Yep. I think, I think A&M, I think really A&M, whoever it is, they do hire. They really need to be careful with it. They don't just need to throw money at who the big name is. They need to get the guys going to run that program the right way. Also, too, I think it needs to be a smaller contract because you're locking in these big con- – I mean, you just did Jimbo for 10 years. Let's do like a two- or three-year and then file for an extension like Josh Heupel just got. Like do stuff like that. Smaller contract. You, Still, get, you get pay increase and you get pay raises if you do a good job and you know and well, do what Kirby jobs. did. Take a so do that. Take a smaller deal like Kirby did when he went to Georgia. Go win a national title, then get your contract extension, then go make. That's what I'm your saying. Money. Prove it. Uh, Earn I, your money. Before we step away from the Jimbo and things saying them thing, I am going to say I'm, I'm holding it there just because I want to see it. Even though I do not, I think it's an absolute long shot. I need it on the record, absolute long shot. But I want to see Urban Meyer at AM. <sighs> Uh, dude, if that happens, I'm done. To, I'm done with this pod. If that happens, <laughs> I am leaving. All right. You better well, hope you don't come. Let's. Hey, I'm gonna come. <laughs> I was waiting on it. I was waiting on it. That's a good one. While well, we're talking about the state of Texas in college football, hey, big, yeah, big news out of Austin uh, yesterday. Uh, Quinn Ewers. They're saying there's pretty much a 90 percent chance that he comes back next year. Forgoes the NFL draft. Uh, what does that? What do you think that's going to mean for Arch Manning? What are you thinking? You know, I saw I saw some comments on her on her page uh, talking about how it'd be hard to walk away from that amount of money. Um, but let's just be honest, guys. He's a Manning. He, money don't matter. Um, I, I think Arch uh, changes schools. He's going. He's he loves football. He wants to play, um, and he's good enough to start pretty much any of these Power Five teams. Um, could very well end up at Texas A and M, depending on who takes that coaching role. Um, because they need a quarterback. Um, but also, too, I'm going to talk about a team that I don't know if a lot of people have been mentioning, and um, Alabama, they need a quarterback. So Arch Manning could fit there perfect. It was. Uh, would do very well under Nick Saban. It was reported today. Uh, it was uh, from uh, The Spun. It's a paper there in Austin. Arch Manning stated, or Archie Manning stated that his grandson is happy with his decision he made to go to Texas despite not playing. Quinn Ewer's decision to stay in Texas should not affect Manning staying with the Longhorns that Arch is in it for the long run and wants to earn his playing time. Hmm, we'll see. I mean, I could see that. I mean, uh, Eli had to earn his playing time. I mean... So would that put Arch a junior start? Are they going to redshirt him? Well, you got. I would say they redshirt him this year. I mean, you put that you put that on him, so he still got that extra year. Uh, so next year be a sophomore. Next year, well, next year he'd be a redshirt freshman if they redshirt him this year. Oh, redshirt him this year. Yeah, you redshirt him this year, so he'd be a redshirt sophomore. I mean, redshirt sophomore. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Or, or he'd and be then, a redshirt then, freshman. You know, he'd be a redshirt freshman next year. He'd be a freshman, and then he'd be a redshirt freshman, so he'd still have the four more years of eligibility. Because right. this, so this year like, technically wouldn't count. So it'd be like him coming as a freshman. Yes. He would be a right. freshman next year. It'd be like, like in high school and kids hold back. He still wouldn't play next year, so but it wouldn't be counted against him. No, so technically, no, no, no. no, they would consider this year his red shirt year, so he didn't lose a year of eligibility. So, so he technically he's a sophomore. He'd be a sophomore as far as schoolwork, but he would be yes. a freshman as far as eligibility. Gotcha. Okay. I got you now. He can still get four years is what we're getting at. Yes. Okay. Making and, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, maybe he does stay at Texas, but, you know, depending on who goes to Texas A&M or well, the thing is, uh, Alabama. The guy, I mean, the guy, what's the guy ahead of him? What's his name? Malachi? Uh, Malachi Monk, maybe. No, no, no Harris? Uh, Murphy. Murphy. 
think that's right. I think we're completely wrong. Malik Malik Murphy. Yeah, that's right. Malik Murphy. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. He played. So they've got two freshmen there. That's what I'm saying. He's not. He's not going to sit behind somebody his whole collegiate career. They can. He's a man. He's not going to. I don't think he leaves. I don't. I feel like he he made that decision knowing what was there. He knew Murphy was already there. He had already committed. Quinn Ewers was already there. He knew what he got himself into when he committed there. So, I, I mean, does he, do he consider it? Probably, but I mean, he's a Manning, and I think if he's got anything like Peyton Manning in him, he's going to go there and he's going to compete. Oh, I'm, there's no doubt in my mind he's competing. I'm just saying, like, if he loses his starting job to uh, Malik, you know, he's going to he's going to go somewhere he wants to. He it won't start. have if he does. It won't be next year. It'll be the sophomore the year. year after. Yes. two years. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, it won't be. There will be nothing happening. Arch Arch Manning will be in Texas next. Well, year. Well, will start next year. Yes, but you know, crazy things have happened. I mean, yours get hurt again. Mm-hmm. Malik could get out there and get hurt. Here's the thing: he's there. Look. Arch hasn't seen the field all year, so he's got a great offensive mind as a head coach, Steve Sarkeesian. There's a reason oh, yeah. he hasn't seen the field. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for him, I look at it as a good thing because you don't want to put him out there and then he looked bad and then. He's like, oh, crap, I didn't need to be here. He's sitting there. He's learning. I think they're making the right move with him. And uh, we'll see what happens with him next year. No, I think I think they're fine as long as they redshirt. Um, but like I said, if he gets in that sophomore, junior year, and he's still not starting, if somebody else starting over him, you will have to transfer if you want to try to make a name for yourself. Yeah, I can see that. You got you to do what's best for you, you know, at that point. So I know you want to be – team player well, was, uh, but sometimes you might have to be a team player by going to another team what's well, talked about though that uh malik was talking about transferring before the year started because he came in thinking he was gonna be the starter a lot of people wanted him so maybe he transfers out and now arch is sitting there at number two you know i mean you never know man yeah. college football's weird so we'll see that's a good topic that's a, but that's the two schools that i think like if something crazy were to happen i think those two could swing them yeah i agree with you i see what i see what you're saying but I'll stick with, like I said, we'll see what happens in a year or two. Uh, yeah. But let's move on to the other thing that changed the college football, the playoff rankings. Yeah. Wasn't much of a change in it. I know Liberty jumped into the top 25. There's, I think they're still undefeated. Uh, they are. They're playing really good. But the big change, though, that everybody's been talking about was Georgia jumping Ohio State, moving to number one for the first time in the college football pa- uh, playoff rankings. You agree with it? You disagree with it? Was it the right move? What are you thinking? Agree 100%. Agree, just because of absolutely just destroyed Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. fifty-two you... seventeen, right? Fifty-two twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like um, that. Destroyed them. Okay. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, I agree with you too. I, I just uh, clicking. I mean, they ran for three hundred yards. Or I had six hundred yards of two hundred. Six hundred yards yeah. passing. The defense was insane, and I mean, they're getting they're, healthy. I mean, all, yeah, on all cylinders. Um, yeah. yeah, they're they're a wrecking horse. I agree. Wrecking ball, I guess. A wrecking horse. I like it. A wrecking horse, man. It's coming through there like a bucking Mustang, baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I agree with it. I I think – I do think Ohio State's probably your second best team. Yeah. I I know we don't got it on there, but I kind of want to discuss the Heisman race. Just for a second. I've been uh, thinking about that. I know we both have talked Bo Nix, Michael Penix. Absolutely. Uh, There's been some Carson Beck talk in there, which I think it's all rightfully so, all three of those guys. But Absolutely. I was thinking about today. It actually hit me on the way home from my from my meeting. I'm kind of leaning toward. I'm not saying he's maybe he's be the front runner right now, but Marvin Harrison Jr. I know he's a wide receiver. You take him out of that Ohio State offense. What do they got? Because I don't think you see. Uh, 
what's his face, their quarterback, make the plays he makes without throwing everything to Martin Harrison. I think he's the most valuable player on a team in the country. Yeah, he's he's MVP caliber for yeah. sure. He's definitely in the talks, but you know we can say the same thing about Washington. You say the same thing almost about Oregon, yeah. really. I mean, yeah. um, so if you take off those quarterbacks, um, heck, even Georgia. If you don't have a caliber player like Carson Beck's playing right now, how good is Georgia? That, that's, I mean, you know? that, I mean, so, you know, it, most time always goes to quarterbacks because, you know, they usually they operate the offense. Yeah. But Marvin Harris is definitely in the conversation. I think he needs to be definitely one of the four there. He's the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he's you can't, you can't rule him out. Uh, one that, you know, kind of struck me, I know the team isn't that great this year. They're not terrible. Um, Jaden Daniels. Daniels. Got over 4,000 yards passing, over 1,000 yards rushing. Wow. So over 5,000. Yeah, over 5,000 yards total. I didn't realize um, that. Yeah, I didn't either until this morning. Shout out to Caleb. Um, huh. But, yeah, 4,000 4, yards passing. I just didn't know the rushing part. Um, that's in – I mean, that's that's incredible. Yeah, that's uh... – That's truly incredible. So, you know, if LSU was – a little bit better this year. Um, I think Jaden Daniels would definitely be the front runner right now because that's just insane numbers from a quarterback. Yeah. This early, we're still got a couple games left, so yeah. or three games left. So yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, well, Jaden Daniels, he's playing good down there. I mean, that, that LSU offense has been electric, absolutely electric. Brian Kelly's done wonders with that offense. Defense is still trash though. Yeah, Brian Kelly. Yeah, but- yeah Brian Kelly. All right, buddy. Let's uh, let's get into our our, our segment, Tyler's. The Tyler's College Football Games of the Week. We've got like some music or something for that. Oh, you want some music for it? Yeah. You want? I can give you one of these. Hold on. Oh. Here it comes. Transition. Yeah, perfect. All right, here we go. Going into college football, our top. Actually, top twelve games of the week. One of them actually. Well, actually, one of them already actually got played. So uh, mm-hmm. I was interested about that one because of the I looked at a backstory on that one today. So I was the kinda, cannon, yeah, yeah, the cannon. But anyway, number one game of the week. Obviously, it is our hate week, Georgia Tennessee. But we're going to talk more about that one as the as the pod goes on. So we're going to skip that one. But our number two game of the week is Utah versus Arizona. Pac twelve. We're there every week. We live in the Pac twelve. Yeah, Pac twelve is a strong conference this year. Utah seven and three, Arizona seven, seven and three. Uh, this game is at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah just lost to Washington this past week by a touchdown. Um, very good game, thirty-five twenty-eight. Um, Utah's defense. We've talked about Utah's defense this entire pod uh, that we've been doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still in the top twenty-five. They're ranked fifteenth nationally. Yep. Um, you know Utah's stout. Uh, the offense is abysmal. It's in the hundreds, I believe, or right at a hundred. Yep. Um, in the nation, so um, not great offense. They still haven't figured out the quarterback situation. Their main starting quarterback's been injured all year, yeah. um, so they kind of just rotated two guys throughout the entire year. Which um, never works think, unless you're ever mired with Tim Tebow. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought Utah could they could have and should have honestly beat Washington, which is insane for me to say. They should but, have. Um, yeah, they were they were leading that game, and then Washington pulled away. But, yep. um yeah, Utah's defense is good. Um, let me get back on the other side of Arizona before you give you a take here. But Arizona is still playing potentially for a Pac-12 spot, uh, believe it or not, if they win. Um, they're currently second right now uh, behind Oregon and behind, or with Oregon State. So they need both those schools to lose. Um, and I think they're 5-2. and two. Yeah, 5-2. and two. 
Um, Oregon's six and one, and then Oregon State's also five and two. So there's a possibility uh, if some crazy things happen these last few weeks that they could sneak in somehow, which is insane because Arizona came into the season <coughs> unranked. Uh, nobody talked about them, but they've really turned it on and been a threat yeah. in the Pac-12. Uh, Pac-12 stout. I know I just said it earlier, but the, the Pac-12 solid all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Honestly, Arizona's a little bit quiet. Um, you know, we like I said, nobody's really talked about them. Uh, 29th offense nationally. Oh, wow. 35th, 35th on defense. Oh, very so, balanced, very balanced. Very balanced, yeah. Very evenly spread. Uh, Noah Fafita, I yeah, think Fafita. I said that right. Uh, freshman QB for Arizona. Uh, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. No. Not bad numbers there at all. He's got like 1,700 uh, yards passing. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't write down the passing yards, but... Um, wrote down the TD to interception ratio, and that's usually a clear indicator of you know turnovers, yeah. how many times you're scoring. So, um, yeah, and he's just a freshman, which is very impressive. Um, but I'll let you give your spread before you know your spill before I give my uh, prediction of score. Well, like I said, we kind of talked about Arizona. They've been sleepy, a little sleepy team. But I mean, there at the beginning of the year, they were playing all these teams close, and we're kind of like, man, Arizona about won that game. Uh, about, why are they scaring all these teams? And like you said, I do still have a shot, I think, for the Pac-12 championship, but they got to have a complete chaos. I think Oregon, Sta- Oregon State's got to beat win their last two. Uh, yeah, Oregon State's got to upset Oregon and Washington. Yeah, it has to be crazy. And I mean, chaos. If that happens, Arizona owns the tiebreaker of Oregon State because they beat them earlier in the year, 27-24. Correct. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh but this game is the spread on this one is Arizona's a one point favorite at home. One point. That's uh, this game's going to be very close. I think it's going to be a very fun game to watch. It is on is at two thirty on the Pac twelve network. I don't know how many people's at the Pac twelve network, but uh, two thirty. That's a weird time. It's two thirty our time, so that puts them starting that game at what eleven. Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty kickoff. So that's a really early game for them out there. That could play a factor. Uh, we'll see, but I. My take on this one, I think Arizona's gonna pull this one out. They've been they've been in these close games all year long. They've won uh, games when they've won, they've won convincingly for the most part. I mean, they've been in a lot of close ones. But uh, more with Arizona, I like the freshman quarterback. I got them winning this game thirty eight to twenty one. Ooh, we close, we close. I got Arizona win this one thirty eight thirty one. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. We want to let's move down to our number three game. This is something we've never. Even talked about, but Division Two playoffs have started. Since we are from Virginia, I want to talk about Virginia Union versus Cutstown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Cutstown. I had to had to do some research here on these teams. Not going to lie, absolutely, um, you should have. I wrote I wrote down WTF D two football championship. So I just wanted to make sure that you know you did write down the right teams, uh, which you did, obviously, yes. because it's a championship game. Uh, Virginia Union is ten and one. Um, well, it's not a championship game. It's their, they're in a tournament. They're in their Division Two. They play a bracket. First playoff game. Yes. Sorry. Virginia Union is 10-1. Cutstown is 9-2. Play sat- this Saturday at 1 p.m. Um, do you have the channel for that? I do not have that plug. That will be uh, ESPNU. ESPNU. Yes. As in Uranus. Yes. Uh, Virginia <laughs> Union is chasing first NCAA playoff victory Ooh, in really? school history. They're yes. from Richmond, actually. That's where their location is. Yeah, Richmond. they're 0-10 in, in Division II playoffs dating back to 1979, uh, the year oh. of the Panthers' first qualification for the NCAA. Oh, man. 
Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, not not too good in playoffs. So well, they are. You know? They are. I don't know how they do the seedings, but Cuckstown is the three seed in this. Three. Yep. Yep. And the Virginia Union would be if it's college basketball like, they'd be what the sixteenth, sixteenth seed, whatever the worst. I think sixteen, right? Yeah. Well, they wouldn't be the yep. worst. They're playing the three, so they'd be the fourteenth. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you're breaking it down like that, yeah. they're pretty bad. But they are ten and one on a year. I think they play in the same conference. I think Virginia Union's only loss is to Cutstown. Correct. So uh, that's interesting to talk about. There uh, probably going to be a pretty electric game. Uh, the spread there yeah. is no spread on it because it is Division Two. I don't know if we're even allowed to gamble on that stuff. Uh, <laughs> oh, but their yeah. their playoffs have started this week. I mean, there's a lot of games in the Lenoir uh, Ryan. It's kind of a local school. It's in North Carolina. They play Shepherd. Yep. Uh, there's some. Pretty big games going on, but uh, who's your pick in that one, buddy? This the well, Virginia Union uh, led Division Two in rushing defense with 37.3 yards per Ooh. game um, and ranked number five in scoring defense with 11.6 points per game. Cutstown averages 23.27 points per game and holds opponents to only 14 points per game. Uh, you know what I like about this one, Hess? What do you like about this one? I like history. Give me Virginia Union an ugly one, 26-17 for school history. What'd you say again? 26-17? 26. Man. It's a 17. My final score for this one is Virginia Union 17-14. to Oh, we close. Yes. We close on these. Yes. I'm trying God, to go, did you read my notes or I, something? I'm trying to go back there. Actually, the Virginia Union's only loss was to Fayetteville State. They lost 10-7. to Fayetteville? No, it is F A Y. E T V L. Hmm. Fateville. State. Almost sounds sounds like Fayetteville. Nope. Nope. That's not. There's no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're gonna move on from that. Are we? Maybe I won't keep talking about it. You go for it. You keep giving me some D two hey, college football. What's the, I, What's their? Match I'm not gonna lie. I like I like this because it made me. It challenged me to look up. Something I didn't know. What is, I uh, really I liked it. What is the Virginia Union's mascot? Oh God, Panther. Good job. See, look at you. Look at you. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna pick another game. I'm gonna pick one more just for the heck of it. <laughs> I don't know it. You know what? I'm gonna pick a D three game. How about that? I definitely don't know it. Uh, we got yeah. Cortland versus Edicott. Yeah, give me Epcot down <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Actually, we don't know D3 football. There's a dominant team in D3 football, Mountain Union. They're 10-0. They're the number one seed. They're going to dominate that. Uh, Johns Hopkins is actually really good in that as well. Uh, yeah, just figure I'd take a, you know, kind of a stay with college football, but kind of, you know, go off the beaten path a little bit, talk about something a little different. But we can move back into our normal talks and uh, move into the probably the most exciting game of the weekend, uh, the Washington versus Oregon State game. This game – is huge for both programs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's got, uh, honestly, it's got title odds for Washington. You know, Washington's still outside the top four. They're fifth. Uh, Oregon State's up to 10th now, which is crazy. Uh, but, Hess, you know what I like in this one? What do you like? Big. Penix. Energy. Yes. There we go. That's what I'm talking like about. Always. Big Penix energy, baby. Like always, if you listen to past previous podcasts, you know what we're talking about. Saying- we're talking about Penix. Yeah. What'd you Hey, just don't want to think you were Desmond Howard up there, you know. Michael Penix Jr. Okay. 
Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm talking about Michael Penix, uh, 367 attempts on the year, 249 completions, 3,533 total yards, 28 TDs to seven interceptions. Uh, we talk about Washington every week, like I just said. Uh, they're currently ranked sixth, sixth nationally. Sixth? Sixth? <laughs> sixth nationally in offense. Um, and defense is absolutely horrible. Uh, they're ranked 102nd. So that's where they've been really, really struggling here lately in the in the latter half of the season. Yep. Um, but, you know, let me go straight to the Beavers. Um, DJ Ukulele, uh, 249 attempts, 146 completions, 22-5-4 yards, 20 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, but a key factor in this game that nobody's really talking about is Damian Martinez. The dude. We've been um, talking about him all year. Yep, the running back for Oregon State. Um, he has over 1,000 rushing yards now mm-hmm. um, in 10 complete games, so that's pretty, pretty impressive. That's a, you know averaging over 100 a game. Um, Oregon State ranks 19th overall in offense and 30th in defense, so they're very sound. Um, actually, one of the better teams in, almost in the top 25 in both programs. Um, the only other team really like that is Georgia. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty impressive. Um, you know, this is a home game from Oregon State. Um, and all pressure will be on Washington. Um, so, I'm not going to get my pick. I'm going to let you do your spill. Yep. Uh, first off, it's DJ Uagalele. Yeah, that's what I said. Ukulele. Yeah, that. But uh, I've been a big fan of Damian Martinez all year. I single-handedly think he's one, if, he's one of the best running backs in the country, if not the best. He's proven it. He's kind of been their uh, tempo guy. He's been kind of just leading that team. Getting a good quarterback in DJ this year really just took – Oregon State to the next level kind of gave him another another leader, another guy knows the game. Still, I think it makes the Clemson look bad for letting this dude walk and benching him. Uh, I think Clemson would be in a different uh, conversation right now if he was still there at quarterback. Could be wrong, but he's definitely yeah, trying to lower. Yeah, we had a lady actually message us and thought that we called into Dabo's radio show and uh, talked crap about him. That that was pretty interesting. But uh, anyway, I wish. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, DJ is from Oregon. This is a huge game for this program. It's probably the biggest game they've had all year. They got another one coming up next week against Oregon in the rivalry game. Uh, I think the big thing here is that Washington defense is horrid. And I think that Oregon State has a defense that can slow down. I'm not saying they're going to completely stop Michael Penix in that offense. And uh, But this game is at home. It's a 7-30 game. It's a night game. It'll be, end up being a night game. It's probably going to be a little chilly. Uh, uh, 51 degrees in Corvallis. Uh I'm going with Oregon State in this one right here. I got Oregon State winning this game 28-14. to 14. Ooh, low-scoring game. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I got the Beavers, too, in this one. I think they end Washington's playoff run here or potential to make it to the national title. We always know that there's going to be these shakeups at the end of the season. Um, and I just got this game circled. I've had it circled for – I think we've both had it circled, mm-hmm. actually, for quite some time now, uh, saying about the Beavers, how they're just sound. They're a solid team. They're eight and two on the year. I mean, so they're mm-hmm. no slouch. Um, this is definitely going to be a game, uh, but I do think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring because both offenses are, are pretty, pretty solid. Um, so I got forty-five, forty-two, uh, Oregon um, in, in a shootout. I just I don't see uh, Oregon State's defense giving up that many points. I think they're going to force. You're talking about Washington with Michael Penix. Yeah, team. I think they're going to force Michael Penix to have to do a lot on his own. I think they're going to shut down their their star receiver. And I think they're going to force him into mistakes. I'm not saying he's going to have a bad game, but I think they're going to force him into mistakes. And I think that's why they don't score as much. I think that defense is actually really good. Well, we will find out. Will. It is the Pac-12. <coughs> a, lot of, a lot of high-scoring games. It is the Pac-12. Pac-12. It is 
It is the Pac-12. Are you ready to move to the Big 12? Yeah, you really had to think about that for a second. Well, I can't remember with all these people moving out of conferences and changing. I know. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, Big 12, Uh, Big 10, Big 6, you know, you got them all. Are you ready to talk about the Sunflower Showdown? Sunflower Showdown. Hmm. Kansas State uh, versus Kansas. What a saying. Yeah, this don't really feel like the biggest matchup as I was hoping it would be. Um, kind of a quieter game going on this weekend. Um, I know earlier we talked said that there wasn't a bunch of games, but there actually is quite a few games this Saturday uh, that are very important for a lot of these yep. schools. This is a big uh, one right here for Kansas State, though. Yep. Both teams are 7-3. and three. Yeah. Um, Kansas State's still ranked in the top 25. They're 23rd. Kansas just fell out, uh, losing to Texas Tech. Is that right? Yeah, but they 16, are uh, 25th 16, in the, they're 25th in the playoff ranking. 25th and okay CFB okay nice um Kansas did lose their starting quarterback um is he playing this game have you heard anything uh, I will look up that I was actually getting ready to look that up Bean yeah Jason Bean. Bean uh Bushes baked beans yeah gotta get them Bushes baked beans not seeing anything on that source just keep talking I'll figure out if I see anything else there yeah, Kansas, bad on defense, ranked 76 overall on defense. Kansas State is 20th on offense. Uh, Will Howard um, actually had a really good game, past couple games he's played. It took him a little while um, earlier in the season to get clicking and get going, uh, but Howard's good. Um, this team last year was dangerous, um, and I think Kansas State's more dangerous than this one. Um, I think Kansas State rolls Kansas 42-24. to 24. Kansas State 42-24. Yes, sir. Uh, let's see here. Uh, another guy that's up for a lot of people are talking about is Leopold. A lot of people are talking about him going to A&M. Kansas is head coach. Well, he's done so well there at Kansas. Uh, he did give an update on uh, on Bean. Did you, say, did you say nematodes? Yeah, uh, Leopold. On Monday, Leopold said Bean did not practice with the team on Sunday. However, Coach said he is very optimistic with Bean playing on Saturday. So it sounds like he's sounds like he's going to play. Sounds like he may be able to play that game. Uh, did uh, – Kansas have another quarterback, wasn't it? Jack Daniels, the the guy that played for him last year, wasn't he their starter at the beginning of the year and then he got hurt? So Bean's actually their backup. They're down to their third string. I can't remember. I, mean, I think that is. I think uh, Daniels suffered a back injury in the opener, in their season opener, and he's been out since then. So I think Bean's actually their backup quarterback. But, yeah, apparently wow. apparently he is going to play. And uh, that, that changes things a little bit, but I am a huge fan of Will Howard. And I do yeah, love that. Too. I do love the defense that Kansas State's got. Uh, Gideon's they're running back. I think he's a real, real fun guy to watch. I think Kansas State wins this game easy, even though it is in Lawrence. Uh, I think Kansas State wins this game 38-14. 38-14, I like it. Forty-two twenty-four. Another close one. Yep. Close picks there, folks. I know, right? So Hess, Hess and I could be completely on the same page sometimes, and completely on the opposite page sometimes. Um, that's the beautiful thing about Tyler's talking sports. That's thing. right. It's open, fair game here. Uh, Virginia Tech. Let's go, let's go back to the ACC. Let's bring it back. Blacksburg, big game, big 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 game, game big game. Big NC game. State Hokies five and five, four and two in ACC play. Uh, still have a very very small window to make it to the ACC title. While game. you're on that, I want to elaborate on that. Yeah, go for it. There is a scenario out there if UNC topples Clemson and NC State in their final two games. And Louisville falls to Miami this weekend. And Virginia Tech beats NC State and Virginia. That leaves the three teams 
with a matching 6-2 and two records in the conference play. And according to the ACC tiebreaker rules, the league considers head-to-head winning percentage against the other tied teams and their common opponents. That puts the Hokies in the title game since the common opponents will be Virginia, North Carolina State, and Pittsburgh. And Virginia Tech won all of those games. If UNC wins out, Louisville loses to Miami, and Tech loses another game, the two-team tiebreaker between UNC and Louisville would go to UNC. Wow. So Tech needs to win this game. Hokies fans, this is the this is the moment. They need to need to pack Lane Stadium. Blacksburg needs to be hopping. This is a huge game for the University of Virginia Tech. Not only just for that, but you know, to get to six wins. Yeah. Um, make you bowl eligible. You know, we've 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 talked about UVA. UVA's been turning on here these past like three or four weeks. Um uh, so I would not want to play this game two this year's at UVA. Um, so I don't know if I'd want to go on the road trying to get a bowl bid um, to make it six and six. I'd rather win this one, go six and five, and if you lose that one, go six and six. That way you're at least bowl eligible. You want to make a bowl. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully the Hokies pull it out. Um, NC State basketball school, right? Steve Smith. Yeah, yeah, Steve Smith. Woo. Yeah, Football. Steve Smith. They're seven to three. Yeah, you know, kiss, kiss the coach's butt, as he said. Yeah. Um, you know, so. I mean, they are seven to three. That's I didn't realize they're, they were that good. This year. Oh well, they, um, uh, ben, Brennan Armstrong, dude, has been absolutely just tearing it up. He had like a career game last week for them. Yeah, they're actually not bad. Um, Hokies, you know, we've always talked bragged about the Hokies defense. Hokies defense has always been solid and sound. Um, they're twenty second on defense. Uh, you know who's twenty first? Who's twenty first? NC State. NC State. Um, yeah, so very very surprising. Uh, both offenses struggling. Kyron Jones has not really had a good game since that Louisville game. Um, he did actually. I take that back. They did look pretty good. Actually, really good against Boston College. Um, just completely different team. Um, yeah. You know, Hokies' offense is a little bit better on paper. I'm pretty sure. I think they're like 77th nationally. Um, I think NC State's 98th, mm-hmm. some somewhere near 100. Um, I don't have the exact stats on that. Uh, but like I said, they did demolish Boston College. Um, and I like how this defense plays. Uh, this one means a little something to the Hokies too. Like I said, it gets them bowl eligible. Um, I think they catch NC State sleep in this game is at Lane Stadium. We know how that environment is. Uh, so give me a statement win for the Hokies. Must win bowl eligible game 28-17. to I like that, man. I like that. I think the Hokies coming off that huge win against the Boston College in Boston College. Over 600 yards of total offense. There's a lot of uh, drama going on in the quarterback room at NC State. Uh, MJ Morris was their main guy. His father and him decided that it would be best for him to redshirt the rest of the season. And uh, so now they're going back to Brennan Armstrong, quarterback. He actually played last week, but he hadn't played the previous four games. But that was when Morris had played, and that was when NC State really finally turned it on. Armstrong was benched in their last loss when they lost, and then they put MJ Morris in, and he's tore it up for them. And then he had his huge game where he broke NC State records, and then they said, oh, nope, we're redshirting the rest of the year. So they're back to Brennan Armstrong. This game's in Blacksburg. Uh, did we get a time on when that game is? 3.30 game. 3.30 game in Blacksburg on the ACC Network. That place is going to be hyped. That place is going to be loud. Uh, I'm going with Tech in that one. I think Tech's going to pull off the upset. I think it's a very extremely close game. I think Tech wins this game 24-21. Oh, I like it. Tech is a three-point favorite in that game. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a good game. Nice weather in Blacksburg this weekend. 65 degrees and sunny. Nice. And they still got tickets available as low as $31. So any of you local people who's looking for a good football game don't got no plans, that'd be a good one to head to. That's a good one. We weren't going this weekend. I'd probably holler at you. That would be actually a good game to go to. 
All right, man, let's just keep it in the ACC. Let's move to the game that all the Virginia Tech fans are going to be watching because there's they got to be Hurricanes fans in this one, which is really hard for them Hokie fans. So Louisville oh, versus the Miami Hurricanes in Miami. What's you thinking, buddy? So it's actually, actually, take that back. The Hokies will have been watching that game before their game. This is a 12 o'clock kick on this ABC. This is a 12. Okay. Yes. I didn't know if it was a 7 or 12. And Van Dyke um, is starting. Okay, yeah, he has to. Yeah, he has to. Uh, Louisville nine and one, you know, rolls into Miami six and four. Right, that top um, again, ten. Miami should be seven and three. Should no know football. football. I'm never going to let that go till the end of the season. I don't blame you. Uh, Louisville has been the biggest surprise for me this season. Um, you know, first year new coach, weren't ranked coming in. Um, I probably put them above Arizona as far as like shocking because they are top ten, um, which is insane, and and they're probably should just saying this now, should make it to the ACC uh, title game if everything pans out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, sorry to my Hokie fans, but they should. And, you know, Hokie fans know this. They should make it. Louisville should make it. They're tough. Yeah. Very, very tough team. Uh, you know, they're ranked 27th overall on offense and 16th on defense. Uh, very sound for well as well for them. Uh, Miami ranks 38th on offense and still a sound defense at 19th overall uh, with, I think, a top three rush defense yes. in, in, in the nation. So Miami's very good on the, the rush defense, the pass defense, not so much. Um, like you said, Miami does have Tyler Van Dyke coming back to this game. Emory Jones actually broke, tore, you can't break, tore his bicep um, in the last game, stretching out for a touchdown. The guy played his heart out. Uh, so shout out to him again for, for putting everything out there on the field last week. Uh, but yeah, Tyler Van Dyke was sound before Emory came in. Uh, you know, we're talking about Miami. Miami's tough. This is going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. Very I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Yeah. With that being said, I do think uh, I do think uh, Louisville pulls away. You'll be surprised. Um, I think Louisville pulls away in the end. 38-24 statement win. Miami is the favorite in this game by a half a point. I've never seen a spread that low before. They're a half-point favorite. This game is in Miami. It's a 12 o'clock kick. Hey, if you're if there's some local guys, people listening, some people in Florida listening to the podcast – you want to go to this game with seven dollars for tickets? You can go to that game for seven bucks. Why wow. not? Uh, you want to fly there before we go to Tennessee? I mean, we can if you want to. I think we make it back. Uh, yeah, probably. Louisville comes in this game like I said. This is not the season. I think they all thought. I mean, you come into the season, you think you're, you can beat everybody, but I really think this was not where the expectations were with Louisville. But they're they're proving it every week. Any week we've doubted them, they proved it. Miami's coming off two losses: one to NC State. One in a slugfest against Florida State in Tallahassee. Like you said, though, Miami's rush defense, I think that is the X factor in this game. I think uh, I do know that um, Louisville leans on that run game to kind of get the offense going. If Miami can continue that rush offense and they can cut out the mistakes, they can finally put a full game together. I think Miami wins this game by three. I think they win this game 27-24. Oof. And it gives the Hokies a little bit to – uh, play with when they uh, play NC State at 3 o'clock, 3.30. Yeah, we all know what the Hokies will do. Louisville will get upset, the Hokies will choke. That's probably what's going to happen. Now, let's get to the game that game day's at, to the school that we are sitting here defending. Thank you, NCAA, for taking away what could have been a really special moment in Lynchburg this weekend. James Madison playing Appy State. What are you thinking here, bub? Yeah, college game day's here for the third time in history at JMU. Uh, also, too, just fun fact for you, ESPN will be celebrating their 30th anniversary of taking college game day on the road and striving to produce its biggest show to date. Um, so I have to say that place will be rocking. 
Uh, we both mentioned it early earlier, so I'm not going to go too much on it. But JMU is now 10th overall and ranks 18th. Uh, or sorry, they're 10 and 0, ranks 18th overall. Uh, Appy State. We know how Appy State is. They're a very very tough team. Always uh, very scrappy. They're six and four. Um, Joey Aguilar, QB for App State, has 2,657 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Very, very good. Jordan McLeod, QB for JMU, uh, 2,800 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So they're almost even, mm-hmm. about 120 yards separate or 140 yards separate them from, you know, being the exact same player. Right, right. So pretty, pretty, pretty good offenses there. Uh, App State, I bet you didn't know this, ranks 14th overall in offense nationally. Oh, yeah, their offense is potent. I mean, you go back to their first game of the year, they bat- almost beat at the time, which would have been huge, North Carolina. Yeah, it was a very close game. That game went to overtime, right? Yes. Or right near overtime. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very good game. Uh, JMU ranks 26th nationally on defense, so just right outside the top 25. Um, I think their offense Technically, is, they don't rank anything. Right, technically, but, but 26, if you look it up on, Boo, on CBS Sports. Um, yeah, but so JMU's good. I mean, obviously, they're 10-0. Game day's going to be there. Uh, this is going to probably be the toughest game JMU's played so far, in my opinion, just because we know how Appy State is. Appy State will show up to this game. They will be ready to play. Uh, shout out to Luke Combs. Um, but I'm sorry, they're not rocking on this one. I still think JMU moves on and advances to 11 and 0 uh, with a win of 35 to 31. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I think it's really cool. Game days there. I think it's it's great. I hate that the NCAA ruled the way they did, but. I was worried that if the NCAA did rule in their favor, that this could be the game. Like, oh, man, they ruled in their favor, and then they, they choke against this team, and then it's all for nothing. So now that the NCAA's kind of said, nope, not doing it for you, I think they come out more motivated. You know me. I'm a huge defensive guy. I think they got an absolutely amazing defense. I think 26 is not even as good as what they really are. Uh, I think JMU wins this game. I don't think this game's close. I think they win this game 28-7. to Final score there. If you're looking to go to this game, you're a Virginia guy and you're wanting to go up to Lynchburg, $133 is the lowest ticket right now. Uh, it is a nine-point favorite. JMU is a nine-point favorite, and the spread is 55 and a half, so they're kind of expecting a lot of points scored in this game. But I just I don't see that happening. So if you're going to, if you're betting and you're listening to me, take the under, don't take the over on that one. Take the over if you listen to me. Oh, okay. Well, how about let's transition I just had to disagree with you on something. It's been we've agreed on too much. I don't like it. Oh, I'm going to the Pac-12. Okay. Okay. Transition to the Pac-12. Right. He's heading over there. Yeah. Did you hear that? That was me zooming across. That was your jet. Yeah. It's me in my jet. All right. USC, who has been just a disappointment this year, versus UCLA. And before we get into that, I don't know if you've seen it today or not. There is rumors. Nothing's been official, but I've been doing a lot of research on this one. There's a lot of rumors going on that this will be the end of Chip Kelly's era. As UCLA's head coach, the donors have stopped donating. They have stopped supporting the program. The NIL deals have stopped coming in. Uh, there's rumors that Chip Kelly will be fired, no matter the outcome of this game, by Sunday. But there is also speculation that they may let him stay for the end of the year. But there's that dark Ouch. cloud over UCLA before we get into this game. But what are you thinking, buddy? What do you got on this one? UCLA's had some dark days, and USC's just been, like you said, abysmal uh, this season. Start off really hot, and then just, they've tapered off. Um, not even neither one of these schools are ranked now, uh, which is very disappointing for the you know the history of these schools, the coaches of mm-hmm. these schools, the programs for these schools, um, just everything about them. They're you know they're the already looking programs. at basketball. 
Yeah, uh, no, we'll get into that too here in a little yeah. while. That's not going so, so well. Sorry, for, Trojans. For USC, but uh, both programs need this win. Honestly, USC is now seven and four. UCLA six and four. Um, UCLA surprised me on this one. They're actually better on paper. Thirty uh, fifth offense and tenth ranked defense. Um, yeah, wow. did not see that I didn't one. See that either. Uh, USC, on the other hand, has this guy named Caleb Williams, uh, who's an absolute stud. Still in the Heisman talks. Um, definitely not the favorite anymore, just because of how the team's done. Uh, but you can't overlook his stats. He's sixty nine point sixty seven point nine percent completion rate. 3,249 passing yards, 29 touchdowns to four interceptions. Uh, you know, again, like I just said, this is a must-win game for both these teams. Uh, I think USC has a little bit more fight in them. They've lost a lot of close games uh, by touchdown, by three points. Yeah. I mean, it's tough losses. Um, you know, you look at that, you look at those losses, and it's like one play. You know, we might be talking USC's eight and two or nine and one. Right. Um, it's, you know, one or two plays is all it takes. But give me USC in this one. I think Caleb Williams uh, has another career day, um, and they want it more. Uh, but this is going to be this going to be a high high scoring game because uh, both these offenses, like I said, are very solid. So give me uh, give me USC fifty two to forty nine. I like that. Uh, I think you nailed it on the head. The USC has Caleb Williams. It's crazy to think USC's lost four out of their last five games. They did give Oregon a run for their money. Uh, they gave Washington a run for their money. They're get, they gave Utah run for their money. I mean, the only game that they really got beat down out of those games was the Notre Dame game, and it was because Caleb Williams just had a bad game. I mean, three turnovers, that defense can't stop uh, offense at all. Like I've said it all year, they're like Swiss cheese on defense. Uh, I think with everything going on with UCLA, the freshman quarterback, USC having Caleb Williams, this game is at USC. It's a 330 kick on ABC. I'm going USC big, 52-10. Final score, USC in that game. Uh, just for people's betting purposes, USC is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, so they're leaning more toward your side of the prediction. And But they got 65-and-a-half points as the over-under. But I just I think Caleb Williams comes out. This game's – these two schools – I would definitely go over on that. These two schools don't like each other, whether they're both good, bad, whatever. They always play competitively. But I think Caleb Williams comes out and has his best game of the year, so I really do think USC wins this game big. I agree. I mean, uh, not necessarily big, but I think I do think USC uh, definitely definitely pulls out a win somehow. Um, advances to eight and four. Uh, who, do, who does USC have? They still have somebody pretty tough left too, don't they? Uh, they have the toughest schedule. Let me look at that. I looked at it real fast. I got it right here. USC is a hard place to coach. Well, it is. I mean, there's a lot of history there in that program. I mean, Lane Kiffin's an excellent coach. He goes there. He's terrible. This is it. This uh, is their last game. Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Oh. They already had their bye week. They already had seven to four. They, that makes sense. They played early. Eight and four. They, they played could the, be eight and four. They played in week zero. Yeah. So okay, yeah, so they're like Notre, Notre Dame. Yep, this is it for them. So wow. Yeah. Wrapping up the season. That's crazy. Yep. Now it flew. It did. It flew. You know what? We're gonna fly all the way back to Memphis. Oh, I like these little transitions. Now we're in Memphis. We're talking about the SMU Memphis game. This is another game we haven't talked about either one of these schools all year. Nope. But uh, this game's got a lot of Conference USA implications in it, and uh, it's actually probably going to be a very, very good game, a game to watch. Uh, these are two teams that a lot of people don't know much about. Uh, every so often, both of these schools seem to uh, come together and play well. Where are you going with this one, bud? Yeah, they said uh, previous matchups between these schools have always been super, super close, usually seven points. 
um, deciding factor. Both schools are eight and two this year. Uh, this game is at Memphis. Um, it's going to be high scoring. Both offenses are very, very sound. Um, Seth Hennigan, QB for Memphis, is 240 for 362 on completions, 2864 on passing yards, 22 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Uh, again, Memphis is 21st in offense and terrible on defense, 112th on defense. Uh, give me the Tigers, though, in a shootout, 42 to 35 over the Mustangs. Oh, I like that. And my bad, guys, I did a correction there. I was thinking back to the Paxton Lynch Memphis days. Uh, Memphis and SMU are both in the American Conference. They're not in the Conference USA anymore. So my bad on that one. Uh, this game does have big conference implications in it. I mean, SMU 6-0, and Memphis 5-1. and uh, This game is a 12 o'clock kick in Memphis, Tennessee. SMU is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. It's going to be 67 degrees in rain, and I think the rain is the reason that SMU wins this game. I think SMU's got a better team. I think SMU wins this game 35-28. Finally, we can disagree. There it is. We did it. We it finally did it. We disagreed. But you know what? Let's go to the knowledge. The knowledge game. The first college football game to ever be played. Harvard. Harvard. Yale. The game is what this one's called. The game. This game is absolutely historic. I didn't really realize as much history is behind this. I think Ivy League schools, I don't think much about it. But just to give a little history, the, Har- the Yale-Harvard football rivalry began in no- on November 13th, 1875. That is incredible long- incredibly a long time ago. At Hamilton Field in New Haven, Massachusetts. I think it's Massachusetts, right? Yes, New Haven. Uh, and was the first rivalry in all college athletics. Period. The first one ever in basketball, everything. This was the first ever rivalry between colleges. Uh, this series is the third most played college football game in history, and it's now referenced to the country is simply called, as we said, the game. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Didn't know that. I didn't know that either till today. Hmm. Hmm. Learn something new here on Tyler's Talking right. Sports. That's what we, that's why we talk about knowledge. knowledge. These schools, you're going to go to these schools, you're going to learn something. You got to be smart. You gotta be smart and go a lot of depth. Um, Harvard eight and one, Yale six and three. Yep. And let me tell you, folks, this isn't Harvard on the hill either. If you're from Southwest Virginia, <laughs> we're talking about the big school, as has said, the game. The um, game. Harvard is ranked first in Ivy League play. Yale is ranked second. Um, give me Harvard twenty four fourteen. By the way, it is New Haven, Connecticut. That was my fault on that one. New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, it's in the Yale. It's in Yale. Uh, Twelve o'clock kick. You went with who? Oh, it's in Yale. Oh, okay. I thought it was in Harvard. Nope. Uh, so I said Massachusetts. Um, I went with Harvard. 24-14. Because, again, it's not Harvard on the hill. Not Harvard on the hill. Let me tell you what. I want to go with the most all-around player in the entire country, Nolan Grooms. The quarterback is also leading the team in passing yards. He's leading them in rushing yards. Give me Yale in an upset victory in the game. Go Bulldogs. Ooh, 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 ooh. Bulldogs win this game 21-14. The game. The game. What a game. That's going to be close. Yeah, we got we got the same score. Just flip, flip the script. Flip the script. Flip the script. All right. This game was already played on Tuesday. We're going to talk about it because it's actually a very big rivalry game. And it actually had some Mac implications to it. Let's go. Man, getting, getting good on those transitions. Uh, know, right? And uh, this is a Tuesday night game. Toledo versus Bowling Green. This game has, Give me Toledo. You want Toledo? You want you want with the Rockets in that one? One point. One point favorite. 
All right, guys, this game was already played, so I didn't know the score. This game was already played. Toledo won this game 32-31. to They improved to 10-1 on the year. Toledo did 7-0 in conference play. Bowling Green drops a 6-5 on the year to 4-3 in conference play. This game was an absolute slugfest, back and forth between both schools. This game has a lot of hatred between the two teams. Toledo actually has a rocket on campus that, if it was ever able to be fired, its actually trajectory is to land on the 50-yard line at Bowling Green's football stadium. Didn't realize there was this much of a hatred between these two schools, but Toledo Rockets have a rocket ready to shoot at Bowling Green. Let's hope it never comes That's to awesome. that. But it is really cool. Uh, don't really have much more on this game, but I just thought it was just something a fun fact and something to kind of just talk to the Mac, the Mac fans, which is the mid. I got something on that one. Atlantic Conference. Yeah. That way, that way. Yeah, uh, Toledo, again, we said one by one point after an electric fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, they dropped 15 points in the fourth to take the lead um, and secure the comeback win. So, shout out to Toledo. Toledo. That's right, Toledo Rockets. All right, here it is. The game Finally. we've been waiting to talk about. Are you ready? Oh, I was way too early. It's way too early. Here we are. Third Saturday. In November. Man. Man. Here we are. Go balls. All right. Go dogs. Hey, y'all have a good one. Hey. What's that coming down the track? Oh, God. Here he goes. It's a mean machine that's red and black. <laughs> that's all we said before we done this pod. Mean machine is red and black. Uh-huh. You know what? Okay. There's nothing finer in the land than a drunk obnoxious I- Georgia fan. Yeah, than a Tennessee fan. No. That's what I was going to say. Go, dogs. Yep. Yeah, plans for Saturday. Sick them. Uh, just just in case <gasps> anyone... Let Hess go through his spiel here. Uh, but just in case, it... again, if you haven't listened to previous podcast, uh, Hess and I are fortunate enough to get to go to this game this coming Saturday. Um, of course, we're talking about Georgia versus Tennessee. 3.30 game. CBS could be the last time, actually will be the last time CBS is broadcasting this uh, series. Uh, so very important, very emotional there. Um, but again, shout out to Caleb Johnson for landing us tickets. Uh, we will be heading that way around probably 7 a.m. Um, SEC Nation will be there. Uh, Dolly Parton will be there. Uh, so we got to see her. We got Marty, see, and McBee. Uh, McBee. Marty and McGee. Marty and McGee uh, will also be there. Um, so that's pretty cool. Marty Smith, shout out Blue Ridge. Um, yeah, leave around 7 a.m. Record uh, record. On the way down. Yep, we're going to do some recording. So we're going to try to do some lives. I got to actually, um, I got a funny clip I already have planned. I can't tell you yet um, that I'm doing Saturday morning before we leave. Um, that will be posted probably on our page. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, we're also be, going to be trying to do some lives. Um, so you all tune into that, ask us some questions. Um, we'll give some feedback, you know, what we're feeling, how, how we're feeling about the game. Um, and then, of course, the coolest thing that I think that's going to be absolutely fun on Saturday, other than the game, of course, um, is to interview fans um, just about the game. I did get a mic today, um, so i got to test that out uh, for iPhone. Uh, so that's that's going to be a blast. We're going to try to find the, the drunkest fans that we can um, at the game and ask them questions. Uh, it could be just simple questions. You know, why does Tennessee win today? Why does Georgia win today? Um, you know, what's the X factor? Um, what's the you know what's the history between Georgia and Tennessee? What's it mean to you? Just different stuff like that. Um, so we're kind of we're kind of going to go along that route for the questions. Again, if you're listening to this Thursday morning, again we're heading out on Saturday. Uh, send us some questions, some some ideas to ask fans. Um, you know, if you're a fan listening, what would be a question you'd want to hear? Or does Tennessee you know, have send, a shot send, in this game? No, 
Uh, but you know, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, you had this note on here, history of the game. We talked about a lot of the history in the last pause. So if you haven't listened, listen into episode 11 on a lot of the history, but uh, Georgia does lead this series 27-23-2 um, over the Vols at the minute. Yeah. Uh, just a quick fact, quick history stuff here. Uh, perhaps the strangest thing about this rivalry is that despite having played each other since 1899, despite being founding members of the Southeastern Conference, despite the school's campuses being separated by less than 150 miles, the Dogs and the Vols have only met 50 times. Compared to Georgia-Auburn, who started playing each other in 1892, have played each other over 126 times. That is That blows my mind. Uh, just to get some uh, current kind of history, today Josh Heupel is the, vol- is the Volunteers' head football coach. Tennessee's sixth and Tennessee's sixth head football coach in 15 years. Last year, UT came into Athens with all the hype in the world, fueled by a potent offense and Hendon Hooker, as you call Hendo, and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. But from the first whistle, the Bulldogs figured out how to dynamic the offense that that beat Alabama and earned a lavish national praise. Georgia fans don't go to school. Um, So, yeah. How about that? Yeah. The final score of that game? Last year? 34 or something. 34-16. That was 24-14. Mm. And, uh, not as bad as I yeah, thought. Not as bad as I thought. And just a few short years ago, though, UGA rivalry was barely even significant. But the national spotlight is shining on these uh, two two teams once again. Tennessee's on the up and up. Georgia's, you know, obviously number one team in the country. This game is going to be an absolute – it's going to be a blast. The, the hype down there in Knoxville is going to be fun. Uh <sighs> I've been to this game before. Last time I was down there, Georgia won fifty-four to six. It was terrible. I was there too. It was uh, it was kind of cold. Actually, gonna be kind of it's very cold. Gonna be kind of warm down there this week. I think it's gonna be up in the almost seventy. Um, what's your favorite memory though, man, from this rivalry? What's something you go back to? Of course, I'm gonna go with the most recent, um, just because it's the most fresh. Um, Hail Mary, 2016. Josh Dobbs, Juan Jennings. Um, that's probably the last, that is the last time we've been relevant in this series. Um, so it's been a while since we've, uh, since we've actually competed against you all. So that pr- will probably be my favorite memory so far. Uh, I could go back to when y'all had Mark Rich, um, and it was actually more closer, like a lot closer games. Uh, but that, that's, that's the most significant because that game was just incredible. How it Y'all ranked 11th that, that game too, right? 11th or 16th. Yeah. They're right in there. Um, but again, different coach. Different coach with that that talent and that program, I think Tennessee would have been national title contenders. I like that. I like that. Uh, I mean, honestly, Georgia really didn't have many great moments against Tennessee. I mean, back in my adolescent years, didn't do uh, didn't do much against y'all in the nineties. Uh, That's probably forty years ago, early two yeah. thousands. I mean, uh, oh, we uh, finally ended the streak there. But I mean, my favorite memories though is actually just being there. Being there with in that game, that fifty-four to six, even though that game was bad for Vols fans, that it terrible. wasn't a good game. It was just being there, being part of that rivalry. It was the first time I ever got to be part of that rivalry. I've been down there with you, watching Florida, Tennessee, but that game kind of had a little different feel to it. Just being down there in person, being a Georgia fan and seeing it and feeling the energy. Even though y'all were having a te- that was I never forget it. Y'all were having a terrible year that year, and mm-hmm. you know, sold the place out. Granted, everybody was gone by the third quarter. 
But y'all be- it was like y'all believed. And that's what's so cool about Tennessee fans. They could be having the worst year in the world, but they believe each and every game they're going to win. And my favorite memory, though, just being there in person and seeing that rivalry for the first time. So I'm excited to head back down there and seeing it in person for the second time. Love it, man. So Love it. Continuing on with the whole Georgia Vols thing, man, who's your favorite Tennessee Vol of Simple. all time? Probably every volunteer's favorite fan or favorite player. Uh, you know, I almost went Peerless Price um, just because he was an absolute stud. Uh, but, of course, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. How can I, I love Peyton Manning. Love Peyton Manning. Love Peyton Manning. Yeah. My favorite. Simple. I know. I know. That's why I said almost went <coughs> Peerless Price, but I don't know. My favorite uh, Tennessee player, if I had to pick a Tennessee player, I loved A.J. Johnson. Oh, yeah. Dude. A.J., yeah. Is he still on uh, Denver? I don't so, think so. I think we or he get cut. I think he got cut. I don't think he's made it back in the league. He was very, very good. He got he got robbed. The whole third down for what? Yeah. That was like centered around him, like tremendously. He was a stud for us last year in Denver. I don't know really what happened. I think he got cut. I don't know. He might be on some other team. But I loved AJ Johnson. I loved his pure pure speed, like defensive guy. But I have a couple players that are probably my favorite Georgia players of all time. Uh, obviously, former Bron- Bronco Hall of Fame running back Trail Davis. Played for Georgia, loved him. Champ Bailey was an absolute stud, loved him. But my favorite player goes back to my very young years, which all those people out there that say I didn't know anything about Georgia or I didn't follow him. Quincy Carter, loved Quincy Carter. He was the first like mobile quarterback outside of Michael Vick I ever seen play like on TV and stuff. And I was like, that's how I want to play quarterback. I want to be like those guys. And I was really like Quincy, Quincy Carter was one of my favorites, probably my all time favorite outside. God, I don't know. I say Quincy Carter, but God, Nick Chubb, love Nick Chubb. That's what I was gonna say. Nick Chubb, probably my favorite. AJ Jordan. Green, Matthew yeah. Stafford. I mean, just some good guys. I, it ain't about the. If I had to pick a current like a player that's on a bit on most recent roster, I love Nolan Smith. But Quincy Carter's probably he was a quarterback for them in 1999, 2000, 2001. Rock Bowers for me, probably actually. Uh, I think that back. Uh, I love Rock, yeah, Rock Bowers. Bowers is a beast. He's fun to watch. I'll hate him this weekend, but um, yeah, love watching any other time. All right, man, tell me. Right now, I need you to sell me and the jury. Why does Tennessee pull the upset in Knoxville this weekend? Home field advantage. Uh, they're fourteen and zero at home. Um, that's the only reason they would have a fourteen and zero under Heupel. Under Heupel, yes, at home. Ooh, so we could come in and end the streak. Could very good possibility. Um, again, I never pick against Tennessee, but. I know, I know, we're going to get into that. But I'm just saying that you asked me what the what the key is for the Vols to win. It is home field advantage. It is quick start. Um, they're going to have to have that place rocking the entire time. They're going to have to jump out quick against Georgia. If Georgia takes off and goes up 14-0 or 14-3, it's game's over. Hmm. All right, man. The reason I think Georgia comes into Neyland, Knoxville, and ends the 14-0 streak that Heifel's got at home. Is single-handedly Kirby Smart. He got that. He's got Georgia discipline. That environment's not going to phase him. They're going to come in. They're going to play football. They're going to play four quarters of football. Hammer down the entire time. They find they're they're getting healthy. Uh, I don't. I want this game to be somewhat competitive. I don't want it to be close where I'm sitting there worried about it. It's a ten point spread. I don't want to be there in Knoxville in the fourth quarter and you all be within three or ahead. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be feeling that pressure. But uh, oh, I do. I do so bad. But I do think uh, I think this game starts out pretty close. I think uh, y'all come in. I mean, you're at home, but I just think Georgia's defense, 
Carson Beck doesn't make mistakes and the discipline that Kirby instills in this team, I think that's the reason Georgia pulls this one off. Yeah, I, I agree with that take. I mean, Georgia, again, like I just mentioned earlier, they're, they're a monster right now. They're kind of in their own division. Um, you know, this will be the toughest contest, in my opinion, for Georgia because it is a road game. Um, you know, had, you had Ole Miss at home. You have Kentucky at home. You have Missouri at home. You know, when you went to on the road against Auburn, you struggled. Um, so this will be the first big big game since that Auburn game, in my opinion. Um, but Georgia has changed a lot since that Auburn game, too, that a lot of people don't want to talk about, um, which is they've gotten better. So, they got Lab McConkie uh, back, good, too, so that's helped. Yeah, great coaches, co- you know, win games, win hard games. Um, I think, I think, you know, it's hard, it's hard to bet against Georgia. Of course, I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm never going to say that. Um, you know, I'm always going to cheer for my team. But uh, with that being said, if you are a Vols fan and we do end up losing this game, you know, and let's say we should beat Vandy um, going eight and four after just having a tremendous, incredible season with Hendon Hooker and the studs we had at wide receiver. Um, you know, it's nothing to hold your head down about. Like we're still in a way better position than we was three years ago. Um, so the past still moving forward, even if it's we going into the season as a Tennessee fan, if you're truthful with yourself, you was expecting eight and four, nine and three. You're not going to go 10 and two. Again. You did say eight and four um, at the beginning of the year. I did say eight and four. So, um, yeah, we're right on pace for that. And there, again, there's nothing, nothing to hold your head down about about being eight and four. Um, the future looks bright. Uh, you got to think how many people we lost another wide receiver this other past weekend. Um, I don't think out. he's going to be able to. Uh, uh, Squirrel White actually. Squirrel White's out. Really, I didn't think his injury is as bad as Thornton's. Or was it Thornton? Sorry, it was Thornton. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Dante Thornton. No, you're right. It was Thornton, and then um, somebody else went out too. Um, Offensive line. I have to look that up. Maybe I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, it was it was Dante Thornton when he caught that ball. Yeah. Um, so we're down another. I, I don't think he's going to play. So we're out another wide out. You know, we lost Brood McCoy, which is huge. It's it's showing that it's huge early in the season. Um, so we're just hurting there on the wide outs. Um, nobody really threw to Joe Milton's not the guy. I'm just playing out. You know, he's played great, good football, but he's going to have to play a full sound, a thousand percent great game. Um, in this game. And not only that, the Vols have to establish the run game. They had no run game last week. Um, they're going to have to establish the run game against this incredible Georgia. It's front. rough. Yeah. So I just, I, I'm optimistic. I'm always a fan. I'm like you. You know, if Georgia was terrible and Tennessee was great, you would obviously pick Georgia. Um, you ready for score prediction? You ready for score prediction? 35 34 Vols pull off a miracle. Uh, and we uh, storm the field and we take the goalposts to the river. Uh, that is, yeah, yeah, I know. Nah, I mean, but I got, I got to be optimistic. I see it. I mean, I, I, anything can happen. It's SEC. If it's a night game, I could see that happen a little bit more. Uh, I think Kirby's going to be on a mission here. I think you, you nailed it on the head there. Georgia struggled on the road this year. For the, every, all these big games have been in Athens. They've been night games. They've had the home field advantage. This game is in Neyland. Kirby's going to come into this game, I think, to prove a point. I think he's – even though he says he don't listen to the outside noise, I think they know what's being said, and I think he comes in to prove a point in this game. I hope this isn't the score, but I very well could see a repeat of the uh, – I'm going to say 52-17 to 17 final score, Georgia Bulldogs. I hope not, man. I want I want an actual good game. Hey, if even not, if Georgia wins, I just want a good hey, game. Hey, if not – if we have it, we're still going to have a good time. We're going to get some good Absolutely. food. We're going to have fun. It's going to be great. We'll be there. But, dude, I just I just went through Missouri absolutely killing us. I can handle Georgia beating Tennessee. 
That's what worries me about it. It's like you know, y'all played against Missouri, but we'll see. Uh, We'll see. It might turn around. One last name before we leave college football: Uh, Mississippi State fired their head coach. There's a lot of reports of uh, Dan Mullen. Oh, Dan Mullen, and uh, apparently Jimbo Fisher is considered for the position. No, no joke. I read that. All right. Well, let's transition out. Of Can you imagine? Nope. I'm done with that. I, Seventy-seven million, and then sign a new contract with another and SEC and the, school. The Texas A&M would still have to pay. He'd be getting paid to yeah. it. Oh my God! Could you imagine him go to go to College Station and beat A&M when they're paying him all that money and actually do well? Oh my yeah. God! Uh, Man, that'd be awesome. I hope he does. All right. Let's transition to college basketball. Hang on. Before you go to that, you said Dan Mullen. What the heck's wrong with them? I won't bring him back. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now you do now you do your transition. I just had to get that in there. College basketball. Here we are. We're gonna have to run through these, baby. We ain't running through nothing. <laughs> AP poll. What do you got on the AP poll in college basketball? I like the AP poll. I think it's very accurate. You know, you got Kansas at one. Um Duke was two, they dropped down to ninth. Um Tennessee's up there now. I think Tennessee's seventh. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I I think Marquette is fourth. Yeah, Marquette right? was fourth. Marquette fourth, yeah, Duke ninth, so, uh, Michigan uh, State. They're eight, they were eighteenth. They're going to fall. They're going to drop. Yeah, Michigan State probably drop like twenty third. Yeah, uh, tough, tough, tough start in their schedule. Yeah, they're, um, they're struggling off the get go. Even going back to the benefit game, they're struggling. Yeah, I know we had the Kansas Kentucky. That game happened last night. Kansas ended up winning eighty nine to eighty four. Yeah, uh, Kentucky ranked seventeenth. Kansas center, Hunter Dickinson. Uh, he's a senior. He had 27 points, 21, 21 rebounds, and only played 37 minutes. Yeah, he's a stud. Yeah. And what, what's crazy to me here is that's impressive. I was looking at Kentucky. They got talking about all their top recruits or the ones that they think are going to be projected first-round draft picks in the NBA, and none of those guys played more than three minutes in the game. Those, those guys weren't even part of the game. Kentucky literally – Dickinson literally – Won that game for Kansas. His rebounding, his points he scored, uh, he single-handedly just won that game for him. Uh, shouting out to the guard, Kentucky guard, Adua, Adu, Thierro. I could be wrong on that name. If I am, I'm sorry. He's had 16 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, Kentucky's good. They got a lot of good players. But, again, I go back to John Calipari. The guy's just a recruiter. He ain't a basketball coach. He has. He's had all these good talent. Ooh, he's had all this. He's tough. had all this talent in the world, year in and year out. They've had one of the. They, they're never less than third. They're number one next year already. Yeah, they're number one. I think the worst class they've had in the last ten years is ranked fourth. Uh, he just. I I've never been a fan of Calipari. Sorry, I'm gonna take that back. They're not number one. They're top three. Yeah, so look, I think Duke's one. They're two. Yeah, they landed. Like uh, they landed at five star four, Jaden, Quintance. Be wrong on that too. Cotton Jaden uh, pushing their next class into the top three nationally. Uh, he can get them. He can get the players. They just can't ever put it together. Uh, Kentucky will be a force in SEC when it comes down to it in the SEC play. Yeah. Uh, this is a good test for them to kind of give them a benchmark. Kansas looks good. Kansas looks real good. And uh, Kansas stuff every year. Uh, it's Bill Self. Bill Self is a great coach. Uh, let's move on though to the number four team, Marquette. They played Illinois and they won seventy-one to sixty-four. Yeah, I didn't get to watch this game. Marquette's always been kind of one of those sleeper teams. Didn't realize they was this high this year. They got Shaka um, Smart as head coach. They do got Shaka Smart, yep. Uh, Shaka does good at these smaller schools. He did really good at VCU, transferred to Texas, didn't really do much at Texas because Texas is a hard place to coach. 
Um, got a lot of politics. Goes back to Marquette. Um, doing doing very well there. I think now in what his second year, yeah. third year. I think it's second second year. Second year, yeah, second year. So seventy one sixty four over Illinois. Illinois snow slash this year. They're ranked twenty third. Um, very very sound win for for this Marquette program. Two great coaches there. Uh, I think Marquette's going to be a force this year. Shaka Smart's been there with VCU back in the day. Um, he's got a good team around him. Marquette's. He was good at Texas. He was. But subpar for what Texas wants. Yeah, he just didn't get there. I don't think he got the recruiting that they thought they was going to get there. I think that's where he lacked was uh, they were losing out on uh, the recruiting side. of. I think Marquette's a great place for him. I think Marquette actually is a sleeper team to be a national title contender. Uh, They got a lot of of good basketball players, and they got a great coach. Uh, Move down to the Duke game. John Shire at Duke coaching them. They win against Tom Izzo's Michigan State team. Duke had a lot of wins. Whatever you want to think about it, got the they got flagpole as their recruit, and then here they are winning big basketball games. They won this game seventy four sixty five. Is Michigan State overranked or overhyped or? No, Michigan State does this every year. Like I said, they have a they had a tough start to the schedule. Uh, you know, they fall to one and three. Um, you know, Izzo's Izzo's a great coach. I mean, oh, he's yeah. always been around. He's a hall of, he's, I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's easily a Hall of Famer. Um, Duke's now three and one. Um, you know they lost that game to Arizona, the first home loss under John Shire. Nineteen and one now. Correct. Yes, uh, it was his first home loss, so really sucks for them. Uh, they looked a lot better against Michigan State. Michigan State. I don't know if you watched the game, but with about six minutes to go, they pulled within three, um, and Duke actually secured that win. Uh, biggest difference maker in this game was Caleb Foster, Caleb Foster coming off the bench for Duke. Yep, came in and scored 18 and led the team in. He's a freshman, isn't he? Um, correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Duke. Duke. Uh, Duke. Duke's gonna be good next couple of years if if they get their recruits. To well, stay. getting John Shire in there to replace Coach K was a great hire for them. I think they did really well with that. So it's showing. Shout out to John Shire for being a little bit awkward too in, in game interviews. It's it's nice to watch. Nice to watch the normality. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, he's, he's a little awkward. Yeah. Let's, go to the big, like let's go to the big upset, though, that happened on a uh, Tuesday night. Uh, USC, sorry, Trojans. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, no Bronny, still Bronny, still out with his uh, with his heart uh, complications, but they're saying he could be back in December, so that's good. But number 16, USC lost to UC Irvine 70 to 60. Yeah, it's actually cracked me up when I, when I saw that this morning. I, I saw that you posted it. On our uh, Facebook page again, guys, if you're not following us on there, if you want to stay up to date with sports, uh, definitely give us a follow. But UC Irvine, uh, first time they beat USC since 2012. Wow. Fun fact. Um, also, too, UC Irvine, do you know what their mascot's called, Hess? They're the Anteaters, man. Anteaters. USC just lost to a team with the mascot hey, of an Anteater. If you don't know, UC Irvine is actually a very good college baseball program. That's the only reason I know that they're the Anteaters. And I think a couple years ago they did make the Sweet 16 in basketball. So they're kind of one of the sleepy mid-major teams. They're actually a very good ba- oh, baseball yeah, program. Oh, yeah, I'm not sleeping. I'm just, I'm just saying your mascot's an Anteater. And you beat the Trojans? And you beat the Trojans. That's just funny. Man. I mean, USC's, you know, supposed to be one of these big, big schools, which they are in Southern California. But, yeah, it's just it's funny. All the elites go there, um, and then UC Irvine comes in there and beats you by 10. Yeah. Uh, Good for them. Though. I think I, like I think this. Uh, yeah, USC will be better once uh, Bronny gets healthy. Yeah. Um, and I love to see. I, I'm ready to watch him play. I am too. Um, I'm excited. That's the future, I think, of basketball. Um, so yeah, 
really, really looking forward to, to him getting a start and hopefully he gets healthy. Yep. And what must going on tonight, uh, as far as basketball on Wednesday night, uh, Texas did play Rice. I think they won that game like 70 to 60 something. So uh, Texas won that game. There's really not much more going on. College basketball the rest of the week is pretty quiet. Uh, did have some recruiting news. Speaking of Texas, they did uh, get five-star commit from Trey Johnson. He committed to Texas over Baylor. He is the number one rated shooting guard prospect in the 2024 class. So that was pretty big news for Texas. The other big news, if you're a college basketball fan, you know the guy. He's a PTPer. He's a primetime performer. Dickie V. Primetime performer, baby. Yep. He's a primetime performer, Dickie V. He is announced he is cancer-free, which is an absolute blessing. Uh, Dickie V is an absolute icon. He was that, – that man was the reason I started watching college basketball because he was just – Did you ever play college basketball yes. games? I mean – it's a PTP yeah. baby, prime top performer. The best. Yeah, Dickie V, so glad to hear he's cancer free. That's an absolute blessing. It's great for college basketball. I hope he's able to get back and maybe call a couple games. I do know that they're saying it was a vocal cord cancer, which is just hmm. absolutely terrible for somebody in the profession that he's in. But hopefully he's able to get back and at least commentate a game or two, or at least make some comments on something. Uh, but good for Dickie V. Happy to hear he's cancer free. Uh, before we finish college basketball, it's early. I want to go ahead and give you my national title. This is I'm gonna lock this in. I'm, I'm actually probably gonna put money on this after we get done recording. Uh, oh, I'm gonna drop putting the house on it. Might put the house on it. My favorite to win the national title this year is the Tennessee Vols. Ah, daggone it, Rick Barnes. Daggone it. You know who I picked for my Tennessee Vols contender? Tennessee Vols, baby. They're good, man. They're deep. They're deep. They're deep this year. They got a lot of experience. Uh, they're favorite to win the SEC right now. Um, they're they're good. They got Syracuse coming up, and they got UNC coming up right after that. So we'll see how good they are. Uh, they did beat Michigan State in a, in a game that didn't count um, by one, but they they were up by like five in that one. Yeah. Um, to, so if they was truly wanted to close it out, they should have. And they, but they still won. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the balls are deep, deep this year. I like them. Um, they got Muscovy back. Um, I like them. Yeah, they're good. They can be dangerous. They're good. They're good. Very defense. Very defensive. If I had to pick a sleeper team, and it's no bias at all. This team's loaded with seniors, loaded with talent. They were there last year. They just now got ranked. We've talked about them on and off of all podcasts. JMU. That team can make a deep run into this uh, March Madness if they could just. Wow. Uh, I think they could be a, a sleeper team there. But it's all I got for college basketball. Unless you have anything else, we will transition into some quick headlines and some other sports. You got anything else you want to talk about? Not on, uh, not on college basketball. All right, no. go Vols, right? Go Vols. Yes, sir. Go Vols. All right, MLB news. Here we are. Major League Baseball, free agency. A lot came out today. John uh, John yeah. Heyman came out and said that uh, Otani favors to go to the Rangers. Good job, Tyler Castle, on calling that one. That is his favorite team to go to right now. They're saying the Rangers, mm. the Mets, and I think the other one was the or the no, it was not the Mets. I'm sorry, that was for Blake Snell. Uh, it's the Rangers. The Dodgers and the Giants. Mm, two teams there, I said. Just saying. And also the Giants are in on a Yoshi. They said they're willing. The Giants actually have enough money to sign Otani, Yoshi, Blake Snell, and bring in Matt Chapman. They're not going to do all that. Uh, Matt Chapman is actually leaning toward them. Apparently Yoshi's I t- I, yeah. preferring West Coast. And now he's you all pissed him off. So, way to go. Oh, yeah, that pissed me off too. Um yeah, typical Yankees screw themselves. Um, yeah, I think he might go to Dodgers now. I'm leaning more towards him going to the Dodgers. Hmm. Um, is that Otani or is that so Yoshi? Still, that's Yoshi. 
Go, go shoot. Otani, Otani, I still think is going to Texas. I really do. Somehow that's going to happen. Hey, I did three. I sent you the headline. He's intrigued by going to Atlanta. That would be huge. He's going to a contender. That's the bottom line. So and I did say very well I did, be Atlanta. I did say he's willing to take a shorter contract for to back to yeah. way the to do the money to where it wouldn't be to hurt the club. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, he's a good guy. He loves baseball. So. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pumped to follow this these uh, these off season trades. There's some big big trades going to happen this off season. Uh, one Soto is another one that I'm really looking ah that's to gonna be interesting. Blake Snell that's gonna be interesting. Apparently Phillies are a big one on him. Yeah, talking about Blake Snell, you rolled right into it. Um, he did win the Cy Young today yep. uh, for the National League. He becomes the seventh pitcher to win the Cy Young in both the AL because he won it with Tampa, yep. and now he's won it with the NL with uh, the Padres, which were absolutely horrible, horrible this year. Um, and then shout out to my boy, Jarrett Cole, wins his first ever Cy Young um, as a New York Yankee. So very happy to see that. That will be what? Uh, be Garrett Cole's what? Second? No, first. His second Cy Young, though? Did he win one with Houston? No, first. Did he really? Yeah, I think he won one with Houston. Nah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He finished in top five of these rankings five times before winning, is what I read. Top five. I'm going to look it up. Ain't no way. Garrett Cole. Nah, Cy Young's. I could have swore it as his first. Please be his first. Uh, yeah, finally wins his first. Yeah, thank he God. Finished, he finished second. With the I was like, he got a first as the He finished top five, five, five years in a row. Yeah. That's uh, pretty I mean, good. he deserved it. He was the most dominant pitcher in the yeah, yeah, Snell was dominant. Yeah, yeah. I watched him pitch in person in Philadelphia. He was dominant this year. That is the two, two I had picked. Sonny Gray had a really good year. Yeah. Um, surprisingly. So, shout out to him. I think he finished second in the AL. Did you see uh, – Second or third. While we're in the MLB, did you see Ron Washington today? He said they're going to take the AL mm-hmm. West. They're going to run with it. That's bold. Yep. Hey, I like it. He took a he – t- Hey, he's 71. He's got wisdom. I like it, man. Go for it. He took EY from us, too. So, the Braves are missing now a third base coach and a first base coach. That's going to hurt y'all more than you think. Just saying. It depends. Coaching's huge. Uh, we got we still got Snit. Uh, we got we got people there. I think uh, I think you do see Jeffrey Jones though in one of those roles for the Braves. That'll be interesting. That'd be cool to see. Uh, MLB's been kind of quiet. I mean, people just kind of wait to see which which domino falls first in free agency. Uh, move on to the NBA. Had a almost a wrestling match last night between Draymond Green and the Utah Jazz. Did you see that? I did not see it, but I just read a little bit about the headlines. I don't like Draymond Green, so. Well, apparently during the game, him and I uh, can't remember who it was for the Jazz got into it during the game, and then he got Rudy Gobert by the head and drug him like 10 yards, had him in a chokehold. Uh, Rudy right. Gobert after the game said, Draymond does that every game, that Steph Curry doesn't play because Draymond doesn't want to have the pressure of actually having to lead a team because he doesn't know how to win without Steph Curry, so he tries to get ejected in every game that Steph don't play in. And I looked it up. And in every ejection that Draymond Green has ever had, except for three, Steph Curry was out. So Rudy Gobert wow. was kind of onto something there. They did suspend Draymond five games. I know Jalen Rose was screaming for ten games on ESPN this morning. Uh, but got five games there. The rest of that though, the NBA has been kind of quiet too. They're still doing their in season tournament, which is kind of confusing to follow. Figure how that Very. how that works. It's like one minute they're playing an in season in season tournament game, the next they're not. So that's been kind of confusing. Yeah, they broke they broke it up. They should have just done straight, you know, sixty seven games, whatever, you know. Yeah. 
in tournament. Well, from what I gathered from the way Steph Curry explained it, they play the in-season tournament games with the – if you end up playing a team that's in your pool, that's the in-season tournament game. And then once that's done, the top two teams move on to the actual tournament in Las Vegas. Then it becomes a tournament in bracket play. Uh, but moving on to the other sport in the, in the United States, the National Football League, the NFL, had some injury news this week or today actually. Did you see those? Did you see that news? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, shoulder surgery on a broken bone. Apparently, Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb had his second surgery, which was successful. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Yep, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's coming back uh, mid-December. Deshaun Watson actually played that entire second half with a fractured bone in his shoulder and a high ankle sprain and completed all 14 passes against the Ravens. What a guy. Um, Leave him out there. <sighs> I hate it. I kind of hate it for him. I know a lot of people bags on Get back out there, dude. You 14-14. But now, poor Browns. Had Josh Dobbs as the backup, and now they don't Shoot. got him, and now they're going with the rookie, Dorarian. You know, you know who, really, who really messed up with Josh the Dobbs? Steelers. The Steelers. Oh, and back to Josh Dobbs. He go did to. go to Jacksonville as a free agent. I thought he did. That's and they, I, I, and, I, they, I and they cut him. He never played Correct. an actual down with him. They cut him. Correct. Yeah. I knew he went south. I seen a, I seen a picture of it because it had uh, – Josh Dobbs, and there was like two other quarterbacks there. They're actually starting in the league now. That was the backups there. I said it had the greatest backups ever. But then he went to the then he went back up. To the yeah, Browns, went to the right? Browns, then went to the Browns, the Titans, then back to the Browns. But, and then out yeah. west. But yeah. yeah, man. I mean, I like my boy Dobbs. Other than that, with the NFL, I don't think they've been anything break while we've been recording. Uh, Otani prefers three teams: uh, the Dodgers, the Rangers, and the Red Sox. Red Sox yep. says Shohei Otani expressed. Uh, strong interest in the Dodgers, the Rangers, and the Red Sox. Would prefer playing for the Red Sox if he played on the East Coast, per Jeff Passett. Oh, God. I can't have that. Uh, I, I like the guy. Now, if he goes to Boston, I can't. So That will be wow. that will be wild. Draymond Green will That'd lose $769,970 during his five-game suspension. Ouch. Clay Thompson, Rudy Gobert, and McD- the, uh, McDaniels were fined twenty-five k apiece for their scuffle in that fight. But, yeah, man, I mean, that's about it for the sports world. This was the one about college sports. Uh, you got any final thoughts, anything you want to correct yourself on, any mistakes you made, anything like that? No, uh, I think we covered everything for the most part. Again, just want to give a shout-out to all of our listeners. Um, you know, again, we really appreciate it. Um, like Hess said, I don't know if y'all caught that the last pod. We had one post do really well on uh, Facebook. Uh, hate hate that it was the UVA post with the player getting hurt, uh, but it did actually reach – Many thousands. It's at 47,000 people now. Wow, 47K. So we might cross 50K on that one post, which is insane, guys. Um, So we're just going to keep pushing this content out. We're going to keep doing the clips, keep doing the uploads. Uh, Make sure you tune in, listen in. Um, Again, this Saturday, uh, make sure you listen, tune in. It's going to be huge. Um, Big things happening for this podcast this Saturday. Um, So just make sure you tune into that. We're going to get those clips out. We're going to get the interview clips out. Hopefully get some funny clips. Uh, That's the whole point of trying to get the drunkest fan and and try to get the interview. Um, So that that will be really fun. Uh, We're just going to have a good time. So, um, again, just appreciate you all listening in, tuning in. It really does mean a lot to us. Uh, Keep telling us that, you you know, if you run into us out in public, I had some people actually run out to me today. 
uh, say that they listened and stuff. So awesome. that's, that's always really nice to hear. So, yeah. yeah. Again, same thing. I ain't going to repeat what he said to the listeners. I'll shout out a couple. Brad Lambert, Matthew Smith, Andrew Mays. You guys appreciate y'all coming up to to me personally and just saying, hey, love what we're hearing. Love that you guys are listening to it on your way to work. It means a lot. People I work with, uh, Scotty Blackburn, uh, you guys, I appreciate y'all listening and just giving feedback. Just come up to him and say, hey, dude, I listen to the episode. I don't care if you listen to it for 30 seconds. You listen to it. Uh, Brian Long. Brian Long's been a huge supporter. He's sharing our stuff. He's watching our YouTube. Brian Long, appreciate all your insight, man. He's actually been giving us a couple of notes. I kind of thought about maybe bringing Brian Long on, maybe to do a segment with him. Absolutely. Uh, again, shout out to Caleb Johnson for getting us the tickets for uh, Saturday. Uh, that's going to be huge. I'm excited about that. Uh, again, guys, thank you all for this episode 12. This is episode 12 of many, many, many more. Uh, and again, guys, uh, see y'all Saturday. I'm out. I got to go to bed. I got things I got to do. I got work tomorrow. I hope everybody has, hope everybody has a great, great Thursday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you all on the flippity flip. Thanks all. See Bye. You.